0: So this is our podcast.
1: it, <laughs> Nana Nana
0: <laughs> That's our introduction. <clears throat> and I'm Zach DeGrief.
1: I'm Hannah Tamaskar, and you guys are listening to Confab Corner, the podcast. The
0: podcast.
1: Podcast, podcast. <laughs> dirt, 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 dirt. You would think that we would edit stuff to make those noises, but mm. we're not gonna I'm we are not going to i we do not have the budget for that. Uh, yeah. Or it's ridiculous. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> this is the last podcast um, for this semester. Sadly. I'm, I know. Really? Tears. I'm not going to miss you guys. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll miss Olive Dingman, the only person that listens to us. <laughs> Shout out to Dingman, one true fan. Shout
0: out to <laughs> Alex Dingman. <laughs> yeah. Can I call you Alex?
1: Okay. So on this episode... Um, Zach has this crazy big paper presentation. Indeed. So give us the. We want to talk about it because, um, well, we're going to it like we normally do, which is it usually elicits interesting conversation.
0: That's the confab part. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and so, um, just give us a little brief outline on like what it is. What class is it for?
0: Okay, so this is a, I'm writing an essay for my quest class, which is. QS211 scientific inquiry. And basically what I'm doing here is writing an essay that argues with statistical data to back it up, that there should be a greater emphasis in public schools on international studies. Kind of, you know, foreign language, geography, world history, things of that nature. Because I think there isn't enough emphasis in public school on those kinds of subjects. Certainly in college you could volunteer to take those kinds of classes or you could make it your major, but I think that in public school students can really benefit from that kind of subject matter.
1: So are you trying to say that in public schools all across America we don't only learn about the Holocaust, World War II, and the Revolutionary War?
0: Unfortunately, it's pr- that's pretty much. I mean, uh, yeah, that was sarcasm. I, I know. yeah.
1: We actually had a conversation about this last year when we like totaled up all of the classes that we took that were focused on American history.
0: Mm-hmm. How
1: many doubled the do- uh, doubled the Revolutionary War and World War II versus all the classes that we took for about like other cultures and stuff. Uh huh.
0: And it was like <laughs>
1: nothing, nothing.
0: Yeah, in my high school career, I took three American history classes and one Kansas history class and then so far in college I've taken some American history classes but as far as world history goes all I had was a class called World History and Geography that didn't really teach much world history and as far as geography goes we didn't get to Asia you know
1: what does that mean?
0: like a third of the world was left out of our geography class.
1: So you guys only focused on North and South America, Africa, and Europe.
0: Yeah, that's all we had time for.
1: So you guys left out Russia, the Middle East, and all of China.
0: And Australia. And Australia. All of the Oceana- I- Oceania, Indonesia, all of those Pacific regions. Gone.
1: <clears throat> so what is the what what is the data?
0: Right. And so this is an interesting survey that I found called the Roper Pup- is Roper Public Affairs Survey, uh, by National Geographic.
1: Ooh, but it is from 2006. It's so from 2006, I'm but it's the most
0: <laughs> recent one. So that means it's up to date technically. Oh wow. <laughs> yes, this study is over a decade old, but it has some key insights which are pretty depressing.
1: I think that's still pretty valid, even if it's a decade old.
0: Yeah. yeah, like, we were alive for this
1: Well, and then, I mean, especially with the topic Like, it's not something that needs to be updated Because, like, mm-hmm. it's not like the curriculum is getting updated So it's not like they're learning anything different So.
0: Yeah, we're not getting a much different, you know, education As far as global humanities goes mm-hmm. than these people were And so it's really interesting um, The first thing This is 2006, so the U.S. occupation of Iraq had just kind of, like the Iraq war where we invaded them in 2003, um, those military operations ended in 2005, I believe. Oh, okay. And so, in 2006, um, on a map of the Middle East, not just a map of the world, just zeroed in on the Middle East... 6 in 10, or 63%, could not find Iraq or Saudi Arabia on a map. That was zoomed in on the Middle East.
1: I can understand. Okay, I'm half Middle Eastern. (laughs) So you guys can probably understand why this would maybe offend me more than anybody else. But honestly, I can kind of understand if nobody knows where Iraq is. But for Saudi Arabia, I'm like, come on.
0: Okay, but it's the one big one. Maybe it would be interesting for you to know that seventy-five percent couldn't find Iran.
1: It doesn't. It's not interesting. It's sad. (laughs) I love that
0: country. It also says they couldn't find Israel. Seventy-five percent could not find Israel.
1: Well, I'm supposed to agree with that. I'm just kidding. I'm (laughs) kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
0: kidding. Um, But it's so interesting because I feel like we have an obsession with Israel. Wait, how many percent? 75%, Seventy-five percent, three quarters
1: couldn't find Israel.
0: Couldn't find Israel. Oh, okay. And it says forty-four percent couldn't find even one of the four I just listed. Wow, <clears throat> that's, <clears throat> that's really less than half. I feel but like still. that's
1: not even like that has nothing to do with me being of of that culture. Mm-hmm. I think it just shows, and like let's, I mean, you can, I mean, okay. So uh, when Zach was sharing this information with me, we were at my apartment. And I pulled up a map Like a little quiz map thing So that way you would like have to Like see if you could find out Where all the countries were Zach like knew all of them And he's (laughs) gonna say no he didn't Because yeah he missed like maybe five or less But like he knew where most of them were Like all of them He knew where they were in Africa If they were in Central America, South America Like he knew all of them
0: I knew what continent they were on
1: There was one that you didn't know what continent and I don't okay. remember which one it was. I've it was very pleasant to see that one of them was like, "Wait!" But you knew I've all of them. I didn't know where they all were. Like, so that's that's my point. Like, so I if we take out the fact that I'm like, if I wasn't Middle Eastern, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be able to find those countries. Like, mm-hmm. I'm being honest. I don't know where any of the countries in Africa are, and you knew. Yeah. And Zach's the whitest white of them all. i kidding. <laughs> no, but like I'm just saying. Like I think that I think that it kind of goes into you're interested in history, geography, and that's why you know those things, Mm -hmm. but, like, that's another reason why, like, like, like that still shows a problem. Like, I'm saying openly, like, no, I I could not have named where those countries were in Africa, and, like, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, so... Does that make sense? Yeah. Do you suppose that having a public school course that actually introduced you to this stuff would increase interest? Probably. Because I learned all this stuff on my own time, right? Yeah. Because I'm just really nerdy about maps and geography and history. Um, and I am... We
1: turned on the TV and he started, like, reading the news, by the way. <laughs> just so you guys know.
0: that That's accurate. <laughs> um, like, I, I am super fascinated, a little sad, but mostly just super fascinated about the fact that there are well over a hundred, maybe over two hundred countries in the world. And so, even if I devoted one year to rigorously studying everything you could possibly know about one country, I would not be able to live long enough to study every country. Right. That's crazy, you know? (laughs) And yet, these people in these countries, they know their histories, and they will grow up learning those histories. That's super cool to me.
1: Well, yeah, that is really cool, but I mean... I think that also kind of, like, goes hand in hand with the fact that, like, as much as you want to try to be conscientious, conscientious mm-hmm. of everybody's culture or ethnicity or beliefs or whatever, you're never going to be able to. Because, like, I'm sure on any given right. day of the year, there's some type of group that celebrates something for a specific reason that the rest of the world doesn't know about. mm mm-hmm. um, but I, I don't, I still, I mean, I still think that the data is, like, pretty supportive in the fact that, like, they should know those things. Like, like, that's, that's crazy to me. I'm wondering what you guys did. Like, I'm wondering how you could, I just, like, we went over so much about Europe and North America in my history classes. Like, that was it. There was, like, nothing else. It was, like, the rest of the world didn't even exist.
0: Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I want to share some more interesting statistics from here. Yeah. Because it's just craziness. So, apparently, this is 2006, you know, Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana and a lot of the South in 2005, the year before, and it got heavy media coverage. But in 2006, 67% of the people in the survey couldn't find Louisiana on a map. In addition... It says that 50% of them could not find New York State.
1: (laughs) That's just funny. (laughs) That's just funny.
0: But it's also so crazy. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, of all the things... Well,
1: Okay, can I ask you this? Um, Are you one of those people that thinks it's funny when people don't know the capitals of each state?
0: I think it's a little funny, but then again, I used to know them, and now I'm a little rusty. I don't know them. Yeah.
1: Like, at all. I know... Kansas is is Topeka. Right. And that's it. That's all I'm for sure about. Like I could guess sure. but I'd probably be wrong. I would you know what do you see what I mean? Yeah. Like uh Colorado is Denver, right?
0: hmm
1: And then Oklahoma is Tulsa.
0: I think it's Oklahoma City.
1: Alright. Well there you go. Wrong <laughs> on one. And then like but and then like uh like like if I like I wouldn't be able to guess California, I wouldn't be able to guess Sacramento. There you go. I See, I, w- I really wouldn't have known that. <laughs> like, I really would not have known that. I'm serious. I would have guessed California City. No,
0: I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> California City.
1: But, like, do you see what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I think <clears throat> I, this topic kind of goes into, like, how well do we even know ourselves, almost.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, almost. I definitely think there are people who think of New York when they think of, Like, their idea of, you know, these elitists from the East Coast that, I don't know. But then they couldn't even, like, find it, you know?
1: Find where the elitists live?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I think that, that increases misunderstanding about other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think you're right. I think... I also think that it's, like... So natural for Humans to hate the next Group of humans that are right next to them
0: <laughs> like, like generation wise Or just mm-hmm. population Population
1: like, wise yeah. Like I, I've never seen a greater Hatred than those that are in, From Kansas City, Kansas versus Kansas City, Missouri
0: <laughs> You know <laughs> yeah.
1: And even you could go so specific And say I've never seen so much hatred Between 10th Street and 8th Street In KCK Mm-hmm. So like I think it's also natural that, but that has nothing to do with that with an increase of of um, other world geography and history well, learning in public schools in I, America.
0: I think it totally does because we as humans are kind of built to create tribes and then treat anyone outside of those tribes as wrong.
1: Yeah, you're so right. I've never heard it explained so easy before. I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> And that's just the thing We create sports teams And say the rival sports teams Are awful Or yeah. we love our state And hate anyone Who hates it And mm-hmm. we do that With our country We do that with Our family with
1: companies Like our
0: siblings We hate our siblings But if someone's Hating on our siblings Then we'll hate them
1: But like That's like a different I think that one's different
0: I think it's very tribal though Family connections
1: Oh yeah Well tribal for sure But I think that ide- That ideology is Different
0: Like it's more Social
1: No, actually, it's not. Like, I'm applying it (laughs) to everything else. I've definitely uh, hoisted a medium-sized middle finger to Kansas. (laughs) And I've also threatened to slit throats to, like, outsiders who bashed on Kansas. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm trying to think about it in, like, a bigger scale. Like, I don't think that happens with religion. I don't think I've ever met somebody that's like, God, I hate my religion, but you can't talk about it because I love my religion.
0: But think about Do you know people like that? Think about the idea of like a religion as a like a in-group though, right?
1: It is an in-group.
0: So many people in a religion will will bash other religions outside of it. Like anyone who doesn't follow this religion that I'm in yeah. must be a heathen infidel.
1: A <laughs> heathen infidel. <laughs> That's
0: funny. Right? Like that was the idea behind the crusades, that was the idea behind the holocaust, that was right. the idea behind the Protestant Reformation.
1: Yeah. So maybe instead of learning about like just other cultures, maybe the human race needs to learn how to start growing against that that ideology that of tribalness,
0: evolutionary trait of creating in groups. Learn to kind of invert that. Yeah. And create greater connection.
1: Hmm. Maybe that's what the real thing is. Yeah. And I think if you did that, people would want to learn more about others you yeah, know
0: they'd be more altruistic knowledge wise yes <laughs> here's an interesting thing actually there you another one well yes here's here's just a I'll probably save this for the end actually it's kind of funny um, but I was going to say that there are two articles one's by the New York Times I believe and one's by the Washington Post I believe But they both say basically the same thing, which is Americans who could find North Korea on a map or Americans that could find Ukraine on a map are less likely to want the U.S. to blow up that country.
1: Yeah, 100% I agree with
0: that. They have a more nuanced perspective because they have knowledge about what the actual situations are. And so I I definitely think that more world knowledge... Would lead to better solutions. Yeah. You good?
1: Yeah, it's fine. I ripped <laughs> off my cuticle. Everybody.
0: <laughs> oh jeez.
1: Okay. Um. <clears throat> actually, uh, okay. I had like two thought processes that, like, so when when we kind of when we did talk about this over the weekend, I remember um, one of the things. That we mentioned, or maybe this was a previous conversation that we had, but I'm pretty sure it was this weekend, um, where I where I mentioned to you that I feel like every time I like was in the presence of a really good teacher or professor or anything like that, I always feel like they were slightly more liberal and slightly more democratic. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like then I think when we were in that conversation, I'm not saying that you said this or anything like that, but I think we kind of like, or I kind of hinted at like the fact that, that like not necessarily the more democratic you are, but like those ideologies also kind of go hand in hand with like embracing change and like welcoming growth and like different technology and like different ideologies and different groups and everything. Mm -hmm. And then that, that thought in my head led me to this. So I was in my management class today And we were watching this video about um, Jeff Bozos, the creator oh. and founder of Amazon.
0: Jeff Bezos, yeah.
1: Bezos, thank you. Um, and he said in the video that no matter what you do, you need to lean into the future. You always need to lean in towards the future because the future is always going to happen. And if you ever tried to pull back, and get away from it you're always going to fail because the future will always happen. Mm-hmm. And like I kind of think that goes hand in hand with what you just said. Because what did you just say?
0: About how we need to create connections? N- yeah, but like about when you different-
1: said when you said that like the like most of the people that could identify where the Ukraine or North right. Korea is Wanted wouldn't a ju- more peaceful solution. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like and I think that like I don't know, they all just all all three of those things just kinda like came together in like a nice little nice little present for me in my mind.
0: <laughs> I one hundred percent see where you're going with that because <coughs> like I think the opposite of that is wanting to go back to a mythological time and make things great again, mm-hmm. you know, versus changing for the future, for the better. Yeah. And so, hm. I, th- I again. think... Again? Is <laughs>
1: that a pun? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Well, yeah, it's like, um, I think that that fear of change is kind of, it's based around an idea that if you want to succeed, you have to push everyone else back and down Mm -hmm. and you have to be the top because like success is a pie and you need to get the biggest slice i think that that creates that mentality of fearing other people and competing with them because they're different
1: yeah i could see that that makes sense to me
0: yeah so i can 100% see that In the future, it's going to become more and more important to embrace the connections that we've already built with alliances and advanced technology. Mm -hmm. You could communicate with someone from any part of the world right now. And I think we need to lean into that.
1: Yeah. What was the last thing you were going to say to wrap up this beautiful little podcast of ours?
0: The last thing I was going to say? Well, I would say that one interesting thing from this 2006 survey, probably the one that made me laugh the most, (laughs) is that according to this survey, quote, even when quizzed via multiple choice format, few 18%, know Mandarin Chinese is the most widely spoken native language in the world. 74%, Say it is English.
1: That is so sad. Wait that wait. Those numbers don't add up. Oh yeah, they do. Okay. I totally <laughs> thought that they didn't for a second. Um that's so sad. That's yep. seventy
0: seventy two percent? Seventy four
1: percent. And you said it was eighteen percent?
0: Yeah, but it was multiple choice, so they could have selected other things other than that. Yeah,
1: I'm wondering... Okay, yeah, so I was right. So, yeah, I'm wondering what, um...
0: The one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That goes over 100. Whatever, who cares? Anyway, the point is, that's hilarious and so sad. Like, like, so sad. And it's funny, because you would think, like, when I was first traveling... My thought process was like, "Oh, well, if English is the international language i'm uh I probably don't need to learn anything else, like <laughs> it's just gonna be English, so like I went to Russia, tried to talk to a bunch of people, uh-huh. <laughs> but guess what? they speak Russian, <laughs> they don't speak English. <laughs> I mean, there were some that spoke a little bit and like everything, but like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's so sad and and I don't know. I mean, at the same time, I don't know when you would ever be taught that, but on the other hand, I'm wondering,
0: like, I don't think,
1: well, not necessarily why you wouldn't, but how you were taught to think that they did speak English. Does that make sense? Hmm. So like that had to have been from some media outpost, you know, Yeah. not that they say, oh yeah, trying to speak English, but like from watching any type of media like that, they would think, oh yeah. Well, they all speak English, you know?
0: Yeah, in films for American audiences, they go a little back and forth on whether they should put subtitles or whether they should just have everyone speak English.
1: Do a crummy British accent no matter what. <laughs> no matter what. I was yeah. watching this, Cass try to get me to watch this thing called Rain, and, like, it's all about these kingdoms from all these different countries, like, really established accents, and I was like, bruh. Because they were all doing a British accent. And I was like, <laughs> dude. Like, literally, you just said you were French. Where's the proof? You just said you were from, like...
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like how, I'm pretty sure in Star Trek uh, Next Generation, I think it's called, uh, Jean-Luc Picard is supposed to be French, but it's Pat, it's Sir Patrick Stewart, and he's like... I'm Jean-Luc Picard. I I'm yeah. French. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's very funny. And like even in Star Wars where there's supposed to be some alien people, <laughs> they yeah. all have crappy British accents. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's it's very funny. The it's movie funny.
1: the movie producer pr- produc- producers could not be bothered. Yeah. Apparently. But anyway, well, that's, uh, that would be it for the last podcast of Confab Corner.
0: And it will be, you know what? Go learn something new today.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Learn do that one. New,
0: whether it be about another country or whatever, just go learn a new thing. You'll benefit from it. I guarantee. And with that, I'm Zach DeGrieff.
1: And I'm Hannah Tamascar, and we are signing off.